good morning. Good morning. My name is Pastor Jason. I'm uh, the lead pastor here. I'm glad that you're, you're here with us today. Um, I believe that we live in an age where it is probably the easiest time in our lives to fall in love. Not to find true love, but necessarily uh, to fall in love. I mean, there are so many dating uh, websites out there. You've got Facebook. Yes, they, people use that to do that, to reconnect. Uh, you've got uh, eHarmony. You've got ChristianMingle.com. You've got Big Church. Yes, that's a real dating site that's out there for people to be able to find, find love. But just as much as it's the easiest time to find that type of relationship, I think it is also equally just as difficult to maintain it and stay uh, in love and stay in that, in that place where we find that, that relationship we all want, that long-lasting love that we want to flourish and grow. And it isn't easy. Whether you're single, whether you're dating, engaged, separated, married, or something in between, I think we can agree that relationships are complicated. Can we agree on that? They're, they're complicated today? So in an effort to help that, we're starting off a brand new series uh, this week for the next three weeks called It's Complicated. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at three different statuses. We can't cover them all in a three-week series, but we're going to cover uh, three of the major ones or what we see as the major ones. And, and if you fit somewhere in between, uh, hopefully you'll, uh, you'll be able to glean something uh, from it as well. We may not hit your current uh, reality, but as we wrestle with them as a group, uh, I want us to understand how God is going to speak to us in, in the relationship status that we find our, ourselves in. And believe me, you're not going to want to miss a week. This week we're talking about uh, how it, what it looks like and how it's difficult and complicated to be single. Next week we're going to be tackling marriage and how that's complicated. Uh, and finally, if, you, uh, if you've walked into uh, the, the life of, of being divorced and, and how difficult that can be, we're also going to look at the complications uh, within that. So are you glad you came today? All right. Dealing with just the easy stuff uh, over the next three weeks. Um, so before we dive in, um, into these complicated uh, discussions and topics. I want to I set out some ground rules for us, some, some common language, and just, just so that we're all approaching this in the same heart and the same, uh, same idea with our relationship status. First of all, you may disagree with something I say today or over the next three weeks. Uh, and if you do, please hear my heart behind it first, that my heart is spoken with grace and love and mercy in your situation. And the reality is, is that sometimes we take things wrong or we hear what is, what is not said because of the baggage we carry. So let's just all look at this through, uh, through that lens. Secondly, it's complicated. That's why we've titled it this way, because there is no cookie-cutter answer uh, for your situation or my situation, or, but there is something we can glean through reading the, the scriptures and understanding what God has for us and desires for each and every one of us uh, to, to have within our lives, in our relationship status. And thirdly, don't, don't skip church. Uh, you might think, I showed up on the single week, I don't want to be here, I'm not single, I left that life behind. There's something you can learn here, and maybe you're like married, forget it, uh, divorced, never going to happen to me. Um, Maybe it will, right? That's the reality of what I want us to tackle throughout this is that you don't just sit here with a bunch of people who are just like you. You sit here with people who are single, married, divorced, and everything in between. And there's something that we can learn by learning about the situation that other people are in and how we can help, guide, and pray for each other as a community and as a body of Christ. Deal? Okay? So before we dive into this, I thought, I thought that... Um, 
Maybe we'd have a little bit of fun to kind of loosen up and lighten the, the tension that might be building within you. You're like, he's talking about something I don't want to talk about. So to, to alleviate that a little bit, I want to share with you um, some embarrassing photos of me. Um, yay, that's great. Of when I was single. Uh, because the dating game is hard, and I don't think I'd fare very well in today's uh, landscape. Um, and these pictures may prove it. Uh, there's one. Uh, maybe you can, I made them small enough so not, you can't really see. Uh, there's one. Uh, this, is, this is pre-meeting Marla. This is a, uh, I have a seashell necklace. Um, and if you touched my hair, you'd probably cut your hand. Um, so let's go to the next one. Um, yeah, good luck picking me out in this one. And uh, by the way, when you go into cadets and wear that thing on your head, it is a lady, like, magnet. Like, it is, it is, yeah, I'm the one on the far end. Uh, go to the next one there. So, yeah, awkward, no touching hug. That's me in the back. Next one. Decided to get a little dirty in this picture. No pun intended. Uh, you can guess which one I am there. Same shirt, by the way. Yeah, I think there's a good amount of time between that, too. All right, and the last one, uh, I'm in there. There's also a bonus picture. A former pastor of this church is also in that, but uh, you can uh, mull over that one later. So being single is not, uh, is not easy. Like I said, I don't think I'd fare well in the game. I'm not sure how I landed Marla. Um, I'm sure her, her parents are here today, and I'm sure they can't even figure it out. Um, but I am so glad, so glad uh, that I have her in my life. And being single is complicated. I used to think and, and maybe you shared this, maybe you share it now, maybe you shared it before, that singleness was something to escape. You got to get away from that thing as fast as you can. Yeah, sure, being single can be good, but really, ultimately, our desire is to be married because that's, that's where all the, all the peace is, right? We all love, our marriages are all perfect, right? We're going to dive into that next week, next week. I think what we need is a better understanding of what it is like and what it means to be a Christ follower, a person who follows and models their life after Jesus while being single. I think we need to understand that. And I believe the Bible has some great things uh, to teach us about that. In fact, the period in, in, of your life, if you are single today, if you're, if you're in that phase, the period of your life that is called singleness gives you an advantage over married people, and God doesn't want you to miss it. Today we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7. So if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to open those up. Uh, and it's all about marriage. It's all about singleness and, and how being single is not, not less than, but equal and maybe even greater than being married. It really is. Now, I know this idea may seem countercultural. It may seem to push back against what you've learned and what you've taught. Um, in fact, when Paul was writing this and speaking about it, it was still countercultural then. Uh, the world has a very interesting view on being single. You may not agree with me here, and this is part of that point, that if you don't agree, come and talk to me. Don't leave mad. Let's, let's figure it out. I think that the world views people who are single as weird, that they're weird, that there's something wrong with them. They're odd. Um, in today's culture, it is acceptable to be almost anything. You can be dating. You can be married. You can be in an open relationship. You can be keeping it casual. You can be messing around. You can be gay. You can be bi. You can be almost anything in today's culture. But as soon as you say, I'm single and I'm okay with it and I'm following after Jesus and my life is there, you're weird. And I don't think that that's fair. People don't know how to deal with that reality and that status of being single. But here in Corinthians, 
Paul presents for us a very viable way of living. That single is a viable way of living our lives. And what more, he raises it above marriage, above what the world classifies as having it all. You know, you've got, you're married, two, 2.5 kids, picket fence, car in the yard, mortgage almost paid off. Uh, all of that thing is not necessarily the thing to be hunting after. And he places singleness above that. But Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 7 through 9, uh, this is him speaking. But I wish everyone were single, single, excuse me, just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if, you can't con- if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It is better to marry than to burn with lust. So some good stuff to say there. Paul goes on to say in verse 27, If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. So if you're already married and you're thinking the single life is the way to go, hold on. If if you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it is not a sin. If a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. And here's the encouraging part. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles. And I'm trying to spare you from all of those problems. Now, married people, you might feel a little beat up in that respect, and you're like, I don't know. It sounds like Paul's having a bad day, right? Uh, like, what's going on, Paul? What's, what's going on here? Why are, you, why are you saying this? It almost sounds like he's anti-marriage, but believe me, he's not. He's not. It, uh, in fact, for preparation of next week, go home and read Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 paints a wonderful picture of, of marriage and, and how uh, marriage is to, is to mirror what you know, God and, and what Jesus is coming to take the church in that bridegroom setting and, and marriage is to be the example or at least the, the earthly view of what we're one day going to experience. So go ahead and read Ephesians 5. But marriage is next week. Single is right now. And there are some unique advantages to being single. And this morning I want to kind of slot us into three different categories of single, okay? There are uh, and you may fit into this. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you may fit into this, and you may, uh, you may think, well, okay, that's me, or that's not me, and you may be somewhere in between on some of these, but bear with me. These three categories, first, is the single and not yet married. Okay, these are the people who, uh, who are in their lives, and at this stage in their life, they're, they're just not, they, they want a spouse. They eventually want to get to that place to have a spouse and be, and be married, but, but circumstances haven't lined up. Uh, they are continually devoting themselves to Christ. They are keeping a pure life, uh, but they are single and not yet married, okay? That might be you today. Secondly, that singleness is the place that you feel like you fit. And it's okay to be single, that, that you feel as though God has called you to live a single life, and, and that's all right. You're still you know, doing the same things. You're still keeping yourself pure. You're still uh, avoiding sexual temptation. You are still in God's word and building your relationship with him, but you're just not seeking after the other half of yourself, for, for lack of a better term. That is not a desire God has placed on your heart. It is not something you feel you would fit into, so you are single by choice. And finally, you are single by because of uh, a choice that was made for you, a choice that you didn't have any control over. Either you are divorced or separated, or your spouse has, has died and, and you've moved on um, from that, and, and now you find yourself in this reality that you are single. So if you're single today and you, you find yourself there, let me tell you, you are not weird, uh, you are not broken, and you are not defective. That God has a plan for you, and because you're single, it's okay 
So what does the Bible have to say to you today? We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 7, verses 32 through 35. Again, Paul speaking. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking of how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided, and in the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So the first thing we need to realize is that singleness is actually a gift from God. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul refers to it as a gift, and it may not feel like a gift to you at the moment. You may feel frustrated by your situation. You may be tired uh, of seeing all of your friends get matched up and, and get married and, and connect, and you may be upset with, with being lonely and, and, and feeling like what your situation is is second best, but it is not. Let me assure you. It is not second best. And, and when Paul talks about it being a gift, he isn't saying um, that you'll always be there or that you'll always have to be, have to be, um, excuse me, in that. He's, he's speaking of the time that, that each of us experiences a state or a period of singleness, and we ought to be thankful for the gift of that. Just as much as if you get married, that is a gift as well, that, that God gives you your singleness for a purpose and for a time, and he also gives us marriage um, for an equally as important gift. Being single allows you the opportunity to focus on him and grow your relationship with him. You are in some of the best times of your life that are free from distraction to be able to dwell in and dig down on the word of God and your relationship with him. If you are going to eventually and you have the desire to get married, it is your opportunity to become the best you that Jesus can make you into so that you are ready uh, for that person. And it allows you to grow in knowledge and intimacy with God. There are days that I look back and, and I think, I wish I had devoted a little more time to Jesus in my single life rather than complaining about how being, how being single sucked. I really, I really want you to capitalize on the idea and, that, and the premise that you can devote yourself more wholly uh, to God. Single people, you are free from those troubles of marriage that, uh, uh, that we talked about, that Paul talked about. And there are so many blessings in marriage. In marriage, do not misunderstand what I am saying. I love uh, the fact that I am married, and, uh, and every one of you should uh, invest in your marriage. And again, we're going to talk about that next week. But the downside to marriage is, is that you are two different people, and you are coming together and trying to to make your schedules and your and your preferences all work together. And and you're not just making decisions on your own anymore. You have somebody else that you have to consult and be a part of. Uh, within all of that. And children, children can add a whole other level uh, to that, my troubles in this life. And Paul's trying to spare us from that. You see, single people can devote themselves wholly to God's work. If you look at um, our next passage there, verses 32, it says, an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking of how to please him. But a married man has to think about, how his, about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. A vital part of a, of a Christian's responsibility in their marriage 
is, is to take care of and, and love and devote themselves uh, to Jesus, yes, but to their wife or their husband as well within that. And you should take the time before that happens for you, before that comes, and spend some time focusing in on what God has for you. Uh, single people, you have an opportunity to, to witness to people like never before. You don't have to, you don't have to check your schedule with anyone. You can, you can be a part of uh, kids' ministry. You can be a part of, of any ministry within the church, and you can lead a small group, all of it. You have time. You have more time to do God's work. For example, if God laid on my heart today, being a married man, uh, a friend of mine in Moncton, and I just felt like I should, I should go see them. They need some encouragement. You know, we'd be able to sit down, have, have lunch, and have coffee or, or whatever, and just reconnect. I know, that, I know that some stuff's been going on in their life. If, if God laid that on my heart, uh, my wife is very gracious, and my kids are very understanding, and they would probably allow me to go, and, and we could have a conversation about that, but I would have to have that conversation. I couldn't just up and walk away. This is a free one for next week. Um, if you're married, stop living like you're single. Uh, there, are, there are parts of your relationship that, that you need to consult and be a part of uh, because you are now one, you are not two. But if it's a single person, where the Lord leads you, you can go. You have two weeks of vacation at your job, you could literally say, I'm doing that next week and I'm going to Haiti. There, there is opportunity within your singleness to be devoted to God like never before and like never will you be able to again in your life. So capitalize on that and see, seek the advantage of that. So if you're single today, it's okay. But let me, let me say this. There are challenges to being single. It's not all rosy. It's not all uh, fantastic. There are hardships. When God saw Adam uh, alone in the Garden of Eden, he said this in Genesis 2. It said, it is not good for man to be alone. And I will make a helper who is just right for him. So Eve was created to meet Adam's need for companionship, and the two came together in a lifelong sexual relationship of marriage. And although the New Testament is positive about singleness, and although I've said some great things about being single, single is not the norm. For, for 80% of the people or, or higher, uh, marriage is where you will land. But being single comes uh, with a weight and you struggle, and you can struggle with loneliness and, and sexual temptation. And, that, and that's not exclusive to being single. That happens in marriages and committed relationships all the time as well. But there is a special emphasis and a special need for those who are single to devote themselves more, uh, more passionately, more intimately, and, and put up protective barriers around this idea of, of being lonely and this, and this temptation that can come up. And that temptation may be strong enough that when you find a spouse, it will be time to marry or find someone to date and, and whatnot. You, it'll be time to marry sooner rather than later. And some of you will not marry, and you need to put uh, some safety nets around you. You need to develop relationships with married people uh, and, and get in and know who they are and, and know some accountability within other relationships. You cannot be isolated and alone. And the two battles of loneliness and temptation are closely related. The more lonely you are, the more isolated you make yourself, the more you're going to struggle with those temptations. And you need to be proactive in those. You need to follow 1 Corinthians 6.18 where it says to flee from sexual immorality. 
The last thing I want you to understand is that single's not forever. Whether someday you will be married or you have chosen and God has chosen for you the life of being single, single as a Christian is not forever. Because a human marriage reflects that marriage God wants to have with his people forever. The Bible speaks of Jesus being the bridegroom, the one who will return and take us, the church, and he will, he will, he will make us perfect with him in creation, in a new city, in a new area. And all the pain, all the loneliness, all the temptation, all of it, all the tears will be wiped away. And let me say this, there is no human relationship, not one, that is more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ. Human relationships matter, but they're not nearly as important. So if you're single today, and maybe you weren't loving the fact that you're single today, it's okay. It's okay to be single. It's okay to be in this point in your life, whether you have hope and desire for, for more or you have hope and desire for what God has right now for you. It is okay. And let me assure you, God has a plan for your life. And it's not found in earthly relationships. It's found in Jesus. He accepts you for where you are, and he's willing to use your singleness for his glory and to, and to grow you. But the question really is, the thing I want to leave you with today is do you accept yourself for where you're at? Are you okay with your current reality? Are you... Are... Paul talks about contentment in Philippians 4. He says, I've had a lot and I've had little. I've had much to eat and I've had nothing. I'm... Yet through it all, I'm content. Do you guys know why he's content? Because his, his contentment is not found in earthly things, in, in the food, in the relationships. It's found in Jesus. It's found in living the purpose that he has for your life. So today, he's good with it. Are you? Are you okay? Are you willing to lean in and, and hear what God has for you in your singleness? And to follow him with everything you've got.